Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we begin the 15th chapter of Mark with verses 1 through 21. Last week, we had just cut away from phase one of Jesus' trial before the Jewish authorities to Peter and his denial of Jesus just a couple of hours after boldly swearing that he would never deny him, even if everyone else did. Now Mark cuts back to the continuation of Jesus' trials. Enter Pontius Pilate, the Roman governor of the region, whom the Jewish authorities needed to officially condemn Jesus to death if their scheme to kill him was to be fulfilled legally. As Pilate questioned Jesus, he was convinced that Jesus was not guilty of any crime worthy of death, but welcome to politics, even 2,000 years ago. The schemes and manipulations of evil men accomplished God's sovereign goal, however. The whole world, both Jews and Greeks, proclaimed their hatred of God and killed his son whom he sent. If we don't need God's forgiveness for anything else, we need it for this. Here is today's slice of the sermon entitled, Pilot, Savvy, and Spineless. As we make our way through the gospel according to Mark, we come to the next to last chapter, Mark 15. And I'm going to take on a pretty sizable chunk this morning. And you are about to see how Jesus got sent to the cross from a human perspective. God sent Jesus to the cross. God is the one who sent His Son to take away our sins. But He used a number of people, wicked people at that, to get Jesus to the cross. The text that we're going to be looking at in Mark focuses mainly on a man named Pontius Pilate. He was the Roman governor who actually handed down the sentence of death by crucifixion. Now, again today, to help you with putting all of this together, on the back of the sermon outline in your bulletin, I've included the chart of all six phases of Jesus' trial. Three Jewish phases, we saw that two weeks ago in Mark 14, and then three Roman phases that we're going to see today. The Roman part of the trial was just as much a mockery of justice as was the Jewish part of it. Just, just imagine for a perspective, if someone is, in our world is accused of a very serious crime worthy of capital punishment, imagine how long it would take to gather all of the information, put together the case, get the, get the indictment, go to... Uh, trial, present the, the uh, prosecution, present the defense, have the jury deliberate, and then have a sentence uh, passed down. They did all of this in five hours, in six different courtrooms, with a, a whole array of, of accusations, all of them false. Humanly speaking, this was absurd. But let's see how it unfolded 
Because next week, Lord willing, we're going to look at the crucifixion and we want to see what, what led up to it. So we're going to look, focusing on Pilate, uh, Mark chapter 15, verses 1 through 21. Uh, the first point will be, we'll call it Pilate to Herod to Pilate. Those are the three portions of the Roman uh, trial. And then six verses mocking the master. Now, this is uh, kind of a different style of sermon. There are going to be many, many verses to read today. If you like working on harmonizing parallel passages, this is a whopper because we're going to be in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We're following Mark's narrative, but uh, to make it all um, be fleshed out for you to be able to see the big picture, we're going to do a lot of, uh, of flipping back and forth today. But let's look at Pilate to Herod to Pilate. We come to Mark 15, verse 1. And actually, this is the end of the Jewish portion of the trial. Mark 15, 1. Early in the morning, the chief priests with the elders and scribes and the whole council, that's the Sanhedrin, immediately held a consultation and binding Jesus, they led him away and delivered him to Pilate. Now remember, in the Jewish trial, he'd already been to Annas, the former high priest. He'd been to Caiaphas, the son-in-law of Annas, who was the reigning high priest at that time. They'd broken just about every rule of their own uh, legal structure in doing all this by cover of darkness. It was all illegal. But at the end of the trial, they, they wanted to give some sort of at least an appearance of legality to what they'd done. Part of the rules that they'd broken is you couldn't do it at night. So they waited until sunup and then held this consultation where they said, yeah, everything we said before and send him away. That was pretty much what this part of the, of the Jewish trial was all about. All right, right away, let's jump to John. We've heard they delivered him to Pilate. Let's go over to John chapter 18, verses 28 and 29. Then they led Jesus from Caiaphas into the praetorium. The praetorium is a judgment hall or sort of a royal palace that included a, a judgment hall probably located in Fortress Antonia, just north of the temple. It was an ostentatious place, as you would expect from the pomposity of the Romans and how much they loved their own uh, um, displays of authority and power. So they led Jesus from Caiaphas into the praetorium, and it was early. sun had just come up. And they themselves did not enter into the praetorium so that they would not be defiled, but might eat the Passover. Therefore, Pilate went out to them and said, what accusation do you bring against this man? All right, here we meet Pilate or Pontius Pilate. He was appointed the governor of the region of Judea by Emperor Tiberius in A.D. 26. So about four years before this, he had made the governor of that region. He lasted from 26 until 36. His duties were to... Uh, be responsible to command the Roman military in that area, to uh, collect taxes. And you know how corrupt that system was, where the Romans would, would have the Jews collect the taxes from their own people, and they had their tax collectors that would collect what Rome needed plus whatever they could rip off. The whole thing was, uh, was a mess. And Pilate was also responsible to adjudicate certain legal matters. Though he was often 
brutal and impulsive, Pilate also at times exhibited some rather profound weakness and indecision. And you're going to see both sides of him, the mean part and the wishy-washy part today. Uh, Now, it's important to know that on two prior occasions, Pilate had been forced to back down when he threatened Jews and the people then stood up to him. Uh, Josephus and Philo and somebody else, different historians, uh, 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 document that in extra-biblical history. Um, He was known to be a a paper-tiger puppet of Rome with a mean streak, but not much of a spine. So he, he liked to rail, but he could also be forced to back down. And did you notice the absurd hypocrisy of the chief priests and scribes? All night long, they'd been lying. They'd arrested, a fall, they'd arrested an innocent man. They had falsely accused this innocent man. They'd twisted words. They'd, they'd, they'd broken virtually every rule of their own judicial system. But then after sunup, we can't set foot in the praetorium because that's Gentile territory and we don't want to be defiled before we eat the Passover tonight. That's how legalism works. We will steamroll you in our righteous way. That's exactly what they were doing. No compunction about lying in order to murder the Son of God, but, oh, don't step across that line. That's Gentile territory, and then you couldn't eat the Passover. Um, And if you recall, remember, Jesus and his guys ate the Passover the night before, the Passover meal. They're talking about we are going to eat the Passover. Remember that the resolution of that is that the Galileans, the northern part of Israel, and the Judeans in the southern part, they had two different traditions about which day of the series of days the Passover meal was to be eaten and which day the Passover lambs were to be slain. Jesus was going to be slain at exactly the hour of the slaying of the Passover lambs for, according to the Judean custom, but they'd already eaten it the night before. All right, John 18, continue at verse 30. They answered and said to him, he just said, uh, what charge do you bring against him? And I love this answer. They answered and said to him, if this man were not an evildoer, we would not have delivered him to you. Now, that's an interesting thing. Can you see the prosecutor walking into the, to the courtroom and saying, order this man's execution? Well, well what's the charge? You don't think I'd bring him to him. He wasn't a bad guy, do you? That's how deep their case ran. And that's exactly what they did. And Pilate, he's savvy. He's spineless, but he's also savvy. So Pilate said to them, take him yourselves and judge him according to your law. The Jews said to him, we are not permitted to put anyone to death. And that's true according to the Roman law. But they did it to fulfill the word of Jesus which he spoke, signifying by what kind of death he was about to die. Here's the significance of that. If the Jews had put somebody to death, it would have been by stoning. How do they stone somebody? Well, you get an elevated place with a, some kind of a little cliff or an overhang, and you push the person off or you tie them up at the bottom and then you rain down stones on them until they're dead. Jesus said that he would be lifted up. What form of execution lifts someone up? 
Well, that was a figure of speech for crucifixion. If, if the Jews had succeeded in killing Jesus, it wouldn't have fulfilled that prophecy. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.